Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Loki Dying Podcast. I am excited for this episode because it has been a long time coming. I definitely knew that I was going to do this episode when I first had the idea of starting a podcast, and a lot of you told me that you also wanted to hear about this topic, so I'm excited to get into it. But it will also be the most personal episode that I have ever done. Um, so be gentle with me. (laughs) Um, but this episode is about anxiety. So it's just me this time. Just like last time, there's no guest. I'm just going to be talking about it. Little disclaimer, if you don't know, I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist. So take all of this with a grain of salt. This is just my own personal testimony and story. Um, Yeah. So I want to start with differentiating between anxiety, everyday anxiety, and a panic disorder because they're two very different things. And it's going to be important to know the distinction throughout this episode because I do want to talk about everyday anxiety and what's that like and how to manage it because we all go through anxiety in our daily life. It's part of being human. It's what our body does to cope with life. Um, But then there is the contrary where we have too much anxiety and we actually have a panic disorder. And so I think it's important to know the difference between those two and I also want to talk about how you know if you have a panic disorder or if this is just normal anxiety. So let's get into it okay so what is anxiety exactly um anxiety is a healthy part of life usually anxiety is not just in humans but it's in animals as well it's a lot more (laughs) healthy in animals though so basically anxiety is when your body releases hormones that causes you to kind of have a response usually it's more of like a flight or fight response which is kind of how it is with animals anxiety keeps them out of danger let's say there's a deer in a field or something and they hear a loud noise it would trigger an anxiety response for them to get out of the situation and stay safe now animals kind of live in the moment and once that deer walks away from the field and the loud noise is gone the anxiety stops however for us humans just because we get out of a situation that causes anxiety does not mean that the anxiety is going to just stop. Most of the time we have lingering questions like, oh my god, what was that? Is it going to come back? What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. And it can even be about silly things like if an animal is hungry, it will usually go find something to eat. And then that, that need is taken care of. And sometimes in humans, let's say we're hungry, we get something to eat but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to stop there we can have this chronic stress that leaks into our life and it makes us feel like okay i just ate but what am i going to eat for the next meal oh my gosh i don't have anything i need to go to the grocery store but i don't have gas to get to the grocery store how am i going to do that what if someone sees me at the grocery store and i don't want to have a conversation with that person blah 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 and it leads to all these future problems that wasn't even part of the original problem but now we've created so much anxiety from one problem that was never even there and then we're carrying around this stress and that's part of the whole chronic stress that a lot of people with anxiety deal with it's basically like 
creating or thinking and worrying about future problems that are not necessarily currently going on in your life, but you are worrying about the what ifs and what could happen. And it can control your life. But anxiety can be helpful. I mean, if you have to give a speech in class or stand up and do a presentation, anxiety can actually aid you in preparing and making sure that you are ready and I know that a lot of people are like, no, it usually uh, is not my friend when I get up front, but it can actually help you be prepared for what you need to do in life. Sometimes you need a little bit of like, oh, to like really get going and actually have like motivation. Um, but when anxiety is affecting your everyday life and it's chronic, like you cannot go a day without being anxious or anxious multiple times throughout the day, that's usually the first sign that you have a panic disorder. Or if you feel symptoms of a panic attack or of anxiety, but you cannot pinpoint something in your life that is causing you anxiety. And for me, that was where my anxiety diagnosis came from. Um, I'm gonna give you the whole story about my first panic attack and how it all happened. But for me, I have generalized anxiety disorder. And basically, that means that I'm not really, it doesn't, I don't have to have one thing that I'm anxious about. I'm just anxious, um, which is kind of horrible because you always want to like solve the problem and people always want to solve the problem for you of like, well, what are you anxious about? It, it, it must be school. I know you're stressed or how is your relationship going or is anything going on at home? And the answer for me was always no, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, I still had all these symptoms of anxiety and that's what generalized anxiety disorder is it's just living with these anxious symptoms even though there's really nothing necessarily anxious induced anxiety inducing going on in your life um yeah (laughs) so the reason why I developed anxiety disorder that I would like to think um on my mom's side of the family Pretty much everyone has anxiety besides my mom herself, Um, but my mom's sister, my mom's aunt, my mom's cousins, her dad, like everyone on her mom's side of the family has a panic disorder and they take medication for it. And just because people in your family have an anxiety disorder does not necessarily mean that you will get it. You're kind of just like predisposed, is that the word? Like... I think you're at like a higher risk to develop it, but it does not mean that like you will get it. Um, but I did. No one else in my family did. My I have a brother and he does not have anxiety, but I do. I was the lucky one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, family history has a lot to do with it for me. That's how I developed my anxiety. That's the only reason I can see why I have anxiety um it just runs in my family um but going to where it all started I experienced my first anxiety attack in junior high when I was like 12 or 13 um and I not only had well, I not only have anxiety, but I also deal with a disorder called depersonalization. And I will get more into what depersonalization is. Um, 
later on. But just know that I have anxiety and depersonal, depersonalization disorder. Um, and my first panic attack and episode with this was when I was 12 or 13 in junior high. I went to a private religious school and there, every year in junior high, they would take us to the mountains to do like a Bible camp where we would meet with other schools and like worship and like mingle and play games and like love the Lord and all that kind of stuff. So I went when I was in, I was in seventh grade. So I was like 12. Um, and everything was fine. I went up and I was having fun. I was with my friends. I had a great day. And then it was nighttime and we were all like playing games in like a, like a room in like a recreation room. People were like playing board games and talking and stuff and then I don't know how to describe it other than just like it hit me like a wall like I just felt really really off I felt panicky I felt kind of sick I felt like I needed to get out of the room I felt like I was gonna pass out and I felt very disattached from my body I felt like I this sounds like really creepy but like I felt like I was out of my body and I was almost looking at myself from a third perspective like a third person perspective like I was looking down at myself and I could not like bring myself into the moment like I was really like like I was like disattached from reality and I was like whoa I feel really weird and I like couldn't shake this feeling and so I finally told my best friend who was there with me I was like I don't feel good i I could only describe it as like I feel like I'm gonna pass out like I feel really lightheaded and so I told her and we went to like one of the sponsors or like chaperones or whatever and was like I don't feel good and I feel lightheaded and I kind of feel like I need to sit down and of course it was in the mountains so they're like oh sweetie like you probably just haven't had enough water like go drink a bunch of water lay down in your room and you know we'll, we'll see you tomorrow and I was like okay so my friend was really sweet and she skipped out on the rest of the night to come back to our room and I laid down and I drank a whole bunch of water and I calmed down and I was like ma'am I was so weird like I don't know what that was but I chalked it up to just like altitude sickness and not drinking enough water and I didn't know what it was um everything was fine and the next day I can't really remember what happened the next day but um I do know that when I finally came back home I was just feeling off like I just could not shake this feeling like I thought okay it's just I don't like being here I don't like being away once I get home I'll fall back into my routine and I'll feel okay again um but I remember like getting off the bus from the trip and going home and sitting on my couch and just feeling so off I felt exactly how I described before just like out of my own body I felt like everything I felt like life was a dream and it's really hard to describe unless you felt it but like it just feels like you're viewing life through a camera lens it doesn't feel like you're in it it feels like I was watching my life and that caused me to panic even more and I was just like I felt sick I felt clammy I felt panicky I felt disattached from myself and reality and as as a 12 year old I, I didn't know what I was feeling and it was hard for me to articulate what I was feeling so it finally got to a point where I had to tell my parents what I was feeling 
And of course, you know, they asked me, did anything happen on the trip? Like, you know, anything that would like cause me to be upset or feel this way, anything traumatizing. And there was like nothing. I, I could not give a reason for why I was feeling this way. But it became so bad that I could not go to school. I missed about two weeks of school and I was crying all the time. I was like really, really depressed. Um, I could not get out of bed. I did not have any motivation to do anything. I felt like I was losing my mind. And I I was afraid to be by myself because when I was by myself, if I didn't have constant stimulation, these anxious thoughts would creep into my mind. And so I would just, I watched TV for like two weeks. Like the TV was not off because I needed background noise. Um, I watched Miami Inc. I don't know why I watched. I like watched Miami and LA Inc. Because I don't know. That was like what was on in the middle of the day at the time. And so I would just watch these tattoo shows like over and over and over again. Um, just so that I didn't have to be alone with my thoughts. Um, and it was so bad that like I didn't even like to shower. Because being in the shower meant I had to be alone. Which meant that I had to be alone with my own thoughts. And I would get really bad panic attacks and really bad um, depersonalization episodes where I would feel like I'm going to pass out and I would just feel, I don't know how to describe it, but I would basically feel like I was going to pass out and I was so depressed that at night my mom had to sleep in my bed with me um, because I, I just, I could not be alone. I felt like I was my mind and my body felt like I was gonna die and I know that that's crazy because I was absolutely healthy but like everything that I was feeling made me feel like I am dying something is wrong and I hated being alone um and it was embarrassing and it was really like um it took a toll on me mentally obviously and to be in junior high like seventh grade like when I say I was 12 that sounds really young but at the time when you're 12 almost 13 like you feel like you're grown and you feel like you should be able to take care of yourself and the fact that I had to like sleep with my mom and I couldn't even take like a freaking shower by myself without having a breakdown like I felt helpless and I felt like an idiot um especially because people kept asking me what's wrong what's wrong and like I didn't know I genuinely didn't know and it was it was really frustrating (laughs) so I went to the doctor and described what I was feeling and he diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder and clinical depression and I didn't really tell anybody about it because if anybody knows me now they would I feel like say the same thing but especially back then I was really outgoing and I was carefree and I was always like happy and laughing joking around like I'm not someone I think that you would peg for like being depressed and especially like being in junior high and being 12 years old like nobody wants to be like hi I'm depressed and I had to sleep with my mom and I didn't shower for two weeks like that's kind of a hard thing to admit now I'm okay with it obviously I'm making a freaking podcast about it but like at the time that was a hard pill to swallow that like I thought it was such a happy positive person I never saw myself as being depressed and yet I was and I guess I kind of had like a cognitive dissonance moment where I was just like I didn't want to accept that like that's actually who I was um but yeah so he prescribed me medication I 
I'm a person I do like to heal holistically. I'm a big believer in holistic medicine and having the body heal itself. But um, at that point, I was at my breaking point. I was missing school. I was I was at like my all time low, and I would have done anything to feel better. And so, when he said that I could have medication to make me feel better, I was like, "Yas, like give it to me now, like give it to me yesterday." So, um, he prescribed me Zoloft. I don't know if you are familiar with medications for anxiety and depression, but I was prescribed Zoloft, and I was on a very low dose, um, and it helped me for a while. Um, long story short, over this whole my whole life from 12 until now at 21, almost 22, I've been on three different medications. So I was originally on Zoloft. And it caused me a lot of stomach issues. Um, it caused me a lot of like heartburn and indigestion and digestion problems. And so I switched and I was on Prozac for a couple years. And then Prozac started to affect my sleep. Um, I was not sleeping well. I had kind of like insomnia. And as soon as I stopped Prozac, my sleep was better. And so now I'm recently just on Cymbalta, which is wild. <laughs> Because I grew up watching those dumb Cymbalta commercials of, like, the wind-up people of, like, I'm, it's like a mom, like a middle-aged mom, and she's like, I'm sad, and I can't do anything, but my kids depend on me, and then, like, she takes Cymbalta, and they're, like, prancing in a field, and you're like, ugh, old people problems, I'll never have those. Um, well, now I'm on freaking Cymbalta. (laughs) So, right now I'm on Cymbalta, most of my family who has anxiety is also on Cymbalta, and they recommended it to me and so far it's been fine although I've had to switch from taking it at night to in the morning because it has caused me to have bad night sweats and like I said this episode is going to be really personal so um yeah but the Cymbalta has caused me to have really bad night sweats where like I'll wake up in the middle of the night or early morning and I'll be like feverish like where like I'm really cold but I'm covered in sweat and it it's really weird and so I started taking it in the morning to kind of help the medicine like metabolize through my system at different times so that it, it doesn't kind of process during the night and I get those night sweats and so far it's helped I've also tried to take um CBD oil at night to kind of help like cause my or calm my system and it seems to be helping so that's good but Anyways, so I was put on medication, but because I was so young, um, they also wanted me to go to therapy as well to learn, like, coping skills and stuff like that. And so I went to therapy, and I did not like my therapist. He was, like, an older man, and he just kind of, I felt like he treated me like I was an idiot. Like, he would tell me, like, you know, like, you just can't worry about things and you have to let life just like flow and the coping mechanisms that he would give me like they gave me like a packet of stuff of like how to deal with anxiety and what to do and like they were just dumb like they were just like I'm not gonna do this like literally one of the things that he recommended me to do was like if I'm feeling anxious or frustrated I should go get eggs and throw them in a bathtub to like release like I don't even know stress or something I was like 
what? I'm not like, okay, maybe that works for some people. If you're listening and you're like, that's what I do every Thursday to cope with life, that's fine. But for me, I was like, no, throwing eggs in a bathtub is not gonna help me. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I felt like they treated me like I was like a like a psych ward patient. Like I'm not crazy. Um, so I just didn't really like therapy when I went. I felt like he was belittling, not, I don't think he was intentionally belittling, but it's like, I think he saw like a young child who dealt with anxiety and he thought I didn't know anything about myself or the world or anything. And I guess to be fair, I didn't, but like he didn't have anxiety. So I felt like how, how the heck do you know what I'm feeling? And I guess looking back, he did have like a PhD in what he was doing probably. So he probably did know way more than I did, but I just didn't want to hear it. Um, The crazy thing is, also, I, through therapy and talking to him, I guess I did make a revelation that, like, ultimately I'm scared of dying. I guess that's what all of my anxiety comes down to. Like, any anxious thought I have, I guess if you boil it down to the core, most of the time it's, like, about dying and I don't want to die. Um, And he told me, well, you know, you can't be afraid of death, you know, it's going to come when it comes, you know, you could like there's nothing you can do about it so don't waste your life worrying about it which is valid um and my counter to him at the time I was like yeah but like I mean like I could get like a brain aneurysm and just drop dead one day like that's scary you know and he was like oh like you won't get a brain aneurysm like you can't think that way blah 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 blah. well (laughs) this man years later died from a brain aneurysm so yeah that's how therapy went for me um um, yeah so I guess uh that will segue into how I learned to cope with my anxiety but I guess first before I say that I should get into what my personal anxiety is like and what my depersonalization disorder is like so that you can kind of get a better understanding of where I'm coming from and what I do to cope. So, um, my anxiety for me when I'm anxious, number one, I get stomach issues. My stomach is a direct, direct correlation between my mental health. Um, if I'm not feeling well mentally, my stomach doesn't feel well. I get, when I'm anxious, I get cramping. I is going to be a real personal podcast I get diarrhea um, I get indigestion I'm just like always in the bathroom if I'm really anxious to the point where sometimes like I won't go places if I'm really anxious because like I don't want to be in a situation where I can't use the bathroom readily even if I don't have to really go I get so worked up mentally that I feel like I feel like I need to go but like I really don't need to go I'm just like causing my stomach and intestines are just like cramp like I'm just so anxious like my whole body feels like it's in a knot um my heart races I get really clammy in the hands I get sweaty I get really lightheaded I feel like I'm gonna pass out um and my thoughts are just racing and I get really repetitive thoughts that like I can't get out of my head which is part of like the vicious cycle which is why it's like scary when you're in it because it's like well just stop thinking what you're thinking but like they just come one after another you just get like pummeled by these thoughts um 
And if it's really, really severe, I've only had like really bad panic attacks like just a couple times in my life. But if it is that bad, I do get trouble breathing. I feel like I feel like my airway isn't big enough. I feel like I can't take a deep enough breath. Um, yeah, and that's and that's when it's really bad. But um, for my depersonalization disorder, and I know a lot of you are probably like, I've never heard of that. What is that? And I was definitely in that same boat until I felt it. Um, like I said, when I first started to feel this way, I didn't know what I was feeling and I didn't know how to talk about it or articulate what I was feeling. So I, I Googled it and I, the best way I could describe it was dreamlike state, feeling like I'm in a dream, like what is this or something? And I Googled it and this, this word depersonalization, um, kept coming up and the symptoms of it were exactly what I was feeling. And basically it's like, it's like feeling out of your body. It feels like you are, you're, this sounds like really creepy and almost like demonic or something, but like, it feels like your like spirit, like soul in a way is like outside of your body. Like your brain and your body are two different things and you feel disattached from reality. Um, let me just look it up here so I can get an actual definition. Okay. Wikipedia, I'm going to give you the Wikipedia definition of depersonalization because they're going to say it better than I could. Um, Depersonalization can consist of detachment within the self regarding one's mind or body or being being a detached observer of one's self. Subject feels they have changed and that the world has become vague, dreamlike, less real, lacking in significance, or being outside reality while looking in. It can be a disturbing experience. Chronic depersonalization refers to depersonalization disorder, which class which is classified by the DSM-5 as a dissociative disorder. Um, it says, though degrees of depersonalization and derealization can happen to anyone who is subject to temporary anxiety or stress, chronic depersonalization is more related to individuals who have had trauma or prolonged stress and anxiety. Um, so yeah, that kind of said it better than I could. Um, it's just feeling really detached from yourself. That's the best way I can feel it. Like, this sounds really, like, scary, but, like, when I'm feeling that way, something that I do to kind of bring myself back into reality and in the moment is I, like, ask myself questions that are really easy that I should know. Like, what month is it? What day is it? Who's the president? What do I like to do? Who's my mom? Blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, it kind of helps me bring myself back into my body and, like, this is who I am. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like... It sounds really creepy saying it, and that's why I never talk about it ever really to people. Um, but it's something that I, I struggle with a lot, and I struggled with it really bad when I was younger because I just didn't know how to break this. Um, I didn't know how to get out of this feeling because when you're in it, it is like absolutely terrifying. It feels like you're in a horror movie, honestly. Um, and one of the scary things is that I don't know how I I got it. I don't know how I developed this. Um, When you research it, most of the time people get this disorder through either heavy drug use, using a lot of like psychedelic drugs, or you can even get this from um, smoking or using marijuana too much. If you're constantly like high, you can kind of like disassociate and it's hard to like come back. Um, Or people who have like PTSD, whatever from whatever like a traumatic situation people who have gone to like war and stuff they'll come back and a lot of times they have depersonalization because they've had that's how they've had to cope with trauma where I 
by detaching themselves from their body. Um, but I have had none of that. I've had no significant trauma in my life that connects to this. Um, I, I don't do drugs. I never have. So it's kind of weird that I would just feel like that out of the blue all of a sudden. But I don't know. I don't have the answers. I guess maybe that's how my body copes with anxiety by just like... <laughs> I'm not going to deal with this piece. Like, I'm leaving. Um, but I don't I don't know why I have it. But that is definitely something that I deal with. And it's in conjunction with my anxiety. And um, sometimes they go together. Or sometimes it's just one. Or sometimes one will trigger the other. I'll start feeling the feelings of feeling out of my body. And feeling like the world was a dream and all this stuff. And then it will trigger a panic attack. Or a panic, attra- panic attack will trigger... Um, this out-of-body experience and so it can be kind of like a vicious cycle but um, I've learned to pretty much overcome depersonalization and it's really hard to do and if anyone is currently going through this is listening to this um, the best advice that I can give you is basically just like stop fighting it stop fighting it and like just let it let it flow through your body kind of a thing which sounds scary but like the more you try and fight it, and as well as anxiety, I found this as well, like, the more you try and fight the feelings that you're having, you're just having, like, a wrestling match with yourself, like, you just need to calm down, and just let your body, like, go through what it needs to go through, if your heart is racing, don't be like, oh my god, my heart's racing, I need, I I need to make my heart stop racing, like, I need to lower my heartbeat, like, oh, like, that's not gonna help the situation, if your heart is racing, be like, okay, my heart is racing. That doesn't mean I'm going to die. <laughs> my heart rate will go back to normal. I just have to stay calm and wait for this to kind of like pass out. It's kind of like if a hurricane is coming and it's at your house or you're like you're in the shelter, like it's going to be horrible. It's going to be scary. It's going to be loud. But like fighting it isn't going to help the situation. It's going to make everything more stressful. So you just have to stay calm and know that it's going to pass. And I mean, you might die in a hurricane, but... <laughs> you won't die from a panic attack so I found comfort in knowing that I don't need to fight my body constantly it's actually quicker and easier for me to just relax and let the feelings flow through my body and let the symptoms happen and just be aware that it's anxiety I know where it's coming from it's coming from my anxiety it's coming from this deep realization I'm not losing my mind I know what this is from and that's helped me a lot. And knowing, knowing that, knowing that, that I don't have to be in control all the time actually gave me control. Because when I was fighting it, I never won. And when I stopped fighting it, I found that I, quote unquote, won. I felt like I, I was able to gain control of my body when I was calm instead of when I was fighting it all the time. So if you deal with anxiety, I would try just like cliche but like take deep breaths let the feelings come through you it can be overwhelming but like just let it happen um so yeah how I manage and deal with it obviously what I just said but accepting that that is part of who you are and that's how you function is a big part of it like I said when I was younger I didn't really want to accept that I had depression I didn't want to accept that I had anxiety I didn't want to accept that I had to take medication and that I would probably have to take medication for the rest of my life Um, I didn't like the idea of that I didn't like the idea of my body not being able to just function on its own and like 
mm, what was me like why isn't me why isn't me whatever um but accepting that that's just part of who I am that's how I function and that I me personally I do have to take medicine every single day in order to feel normal and that it's not the end of the world <laughs> sure there are a lot of people that do not need to take medication to feel normal but there are a lot of people who do and there are a lot of people who have it way worse and take like seven medications a day just to feel normal so you have to count your blessings I have anxiety but I don't have a lot of other things and there are worse things to have um yeah and it's okay to take medication it doesn't mean you're weak or whatever whatever um and I know that it's easy to tell someone that like of course you're not weak for taking medication but when you're in the moment and you're like this is crazy that I need to be on freaking Cymbalta in order not to like sabotage myself mentally like it feels crippling because you're like why can't I just do it myself but recognizing that sometimes it's not just like a something from the outside but like it's a chemical imbalance like I can't really help it so yeah accepting that you have to take medication um was a big thing for for me and accepting that I'm different was a big thing and just being okay with it and realizing that I have a lot of blessings in my life and this is just a small bump and definitely knowing my limits is a way that I manage and I deal with it I personally throughout the years know what I can handle and what I can't and because I've broken from things before and yeah I feel like I kind of know my limits and knowing your limits is important because then you can avoid situations and you can avoid taking on too much or I guess too little if that stresses you out um in order to maintain a healthy mental state um another thing that I do to manage and deal with it is accepting help um like I said, that's another thing that's hard. To, a lot of times it's hard to accept things that you don't want to accept and I don't need help and I don't need therapy and I don't need to talk to anyone about it. I'm fine, but people are there to help you. Um, this is a journey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be so self-righteous and prideful that you don't accept the help from other people and advice and therapy can actually change your life just because it didn't work for me when I was 12 years old doesn't mean that it doesn't work um I would actually love to go back to therapy and I think therapy can be life-changing so accept help um and then another thing that is huge it's huge and a lot of people don't talk about it but with mental health eating well is so big um and a lot of people don't want to hear it but what you put in your body seriously I know it's crazy but what you put in your body affects how it runs um and there is numerous numerous studies that have been done that show the direct correlation between your gut health and your mental health like your brain and your gut they're like sisters they're twins like they work together they're a dynamic duo and it's crazy because you don't think that your gut really has anything to do with your brain but it does because guess what? Your body is all one system. So everything affects everything. Um, yeah, if you're eating really poorly, <laughs> you're probably going to feel pretty poorly. Like if you eat Taco Bell every day, you're going to feel like you eat Taco Bell every day. Um, I'm going to sound like a mom for a second, but like fiber 
vitamins, water. It's all very, very important, obviously, to your body and your overall health, but you would be so surprised as to how much it will help your mental health and how much your anxiety will actually go down when you are aware of what you're putting in your body and you actually feed it things that give your body the tools to help itself. And I definitely need to take my own advice. Um, Don't think that I do this well because I don't. I still eat horribly. Um, Not horribly, but... I definitely don't eat as well as I should, especially for someone with anxiety. Um, I could do a lot better on that, especially because I sometimes I, I don't eat at all, which is not any better. Like, your body needs fuel. Um, so definitely don't overlook eating well. Give your body the tools that it needs to help itself. Um, along with that, sleeping. If you deprive your body of sleep, you are going to feel sick. You are going to feel anxious. Um... I feel like you already know that, but sometimes the obvious answers are the ones you don't really think about. Exercise, it's not everybody's favorite, but if you struggle with anxiety, exercise can be an amazing outlet for you. And it's definitely something that like my family pushed me to do when I was feeling really anxious was just like exercise before bed. And that way like you're exhausted and you just go to sleep. And it definitely worked for me. Um, so yeah, exercise. And something for me that really, really helps me personally, um, just going outside. Not like necessarily even taking a walk or exercising or doing anything, but like just being in the sun, being outside really, really helps my mental health and it helps me just kind of like recharge. So find out what that is for you. Maybe it's going outside. Maybe it's playing with your dog. Maybe it's I don't know, playing The Sims, (laughs) whatever it is, find something that's positive and that helps you and uh, use it. Don't be afraid to use it. So a couple of you asked um, what my personal triggers are for anxiety and I guess maybe how you can figure out like what your triggers are Um, because that is very important to know. Recognizing what causes you to be anxious is a great way of avoiding those things and also knowing the tools and skills that you need to get through those things because you can't always just avoid things in life. Um, But for me, change is a big one. Obviously, change gives anyone anxiety. Moving, um, I don't know, starting a new school, a new boyfriend or something change can cause anxiety and that's very normal but for me like I guess it's like certain change like I don't get anxiety from like cutting my hair off or I don't know I don't get anxiety from like things that a lot of people get anxiety from like I don't really get a lot of anxiety from like public speaking or or things like that like sure I get nervous but I definitely don't get like big anxiety from stuff like that but I do get anxiety from change I don't like my daily routine changing Um, as much as I like to think of myself as like a spontaneous person um, I like to be spontaneous in my own little routine and I don't really like to go out of it Um, people who know me in my personal life I'm kind of a homebody as much as I guess I don't like to admit it like I really don't like to go out like I like to go out and I like to do things but I don't like to like go out to the club or something like that like I would much rather stay at home than to go out 
and be in like a crowd or a club or something like that like it's definitely not my thing um uh and I guess on that same note alcohol for me is a trigger I cannot really drink I can drink like maybe like a glass of something or like a half glass of something or like one cocktail but for me alcohol is a big trigger of my anxiety and it gives me anxiety and it also like affects my stomach in a bad way so I'm not a big drinker and therefore I'm not a big like bar person I'm not really into like going out to clubs and stuff like that or like even like house parties and things because it's all just like drinking or forms of drinking and like drinking games and stuff like that um and I'm not like opposed to alcohol I I wish that I could drink alcohol the way (laughs) my friends do but um I just can't and so it definitely changes what I do in my free time and how I spend my time and who I hang around with um some people may think I'm a prude and that I just I don't like to have fun but it's just I cannot my body can't process it the way that other people other people other people's body does wow that's hard to say um yeah so alcohol is a trigger for me um caffeine is a trigger for me and (laughs) uh, that's sad because I drink coffee like every day (laughs) um definitely too much caffeine can trigger a panic attack for me um but I love coffee and tea so I've kind of learned like my limits Um, if I have too much coffee, like if I have coffee and soda in the same day or within like a couple hours of each other, I get really shaky, my heart races, I feel sick. Um, but, or if I don't eat anything and I have coffee, it's bad, bad. Um, but I still drink coffee because I like coffee and I kind of like know my limits. So if I have too much coffee, I know that I'll feel sick, but if I have like one cup, I'll be okay. Um, long car rides for me. I do not like long car... Like, I can do a long car ride by myself or, like, with my boyfriend or something. But, like, I hate being in long car rides with people. I guess it's just, like, a panic thing. Like, not being in control and, like, not being able to, like... I don't know. I just don't like it. It, it, It's just, like, a weird trigger that I have of, like... Especially if it's people that I'm not super comfortable with or, like, close with. Like, I just hate being, like, trapped in a car for hours and, like, I can't do anything and go anywhere and I don't know I just don't like I just don't like the idea of like not being in control in those situations um and a huge part of my personal triggers is health related anxiety so I don't want to say I'm a full-blown hypochondriac because there are definitely people who are so much worse than I am but I definitely have um big health related anxiety um literally I can like sneeze a wrong way or something or I'll feel like I sneezed wrong and then it just spirals down this like WebMD hole of like well I have cancer (laughs) and that's I know that it's crazy and it sounds like I'm making it up but like literally there have been times where like I sneezed or like I coughed and it like it sounded weird and so like I went down this hole of like okay well I have lung cancer so (laughs) and I don't know that's just how my anxiety works and I I truly convince myself fully that like something is wrong and like it it can be crazy and I'll tell like my boyfriend or my friends like I literally feel like I have this and I'll see symptoms and I'll be like I have those and I'll just like 
I'll kind of like make symptoms fit on myself. Like if the shoe, like the shoe doesn't always have to fit, I cram my foot in there and I will absolutely feel like this, I have this. And they'll be like, literally, I do not know how you could ever think that you have this like disease, but I completely convince myself that I'm sick all the time. Um, which is stressful. I mean, imagine thinking that you have like a thousand different disorders. It can be um, stressful. (laughs) So, which is part of why I don't really like taking medication and I definitely am into like holistic living and stuff like that because I get really freaked out about like putting things in my body and taking things that affect my hormones and stuff like that. It Ugh, like it freaks me out I hate I think it comes back to like I don't like not being in control and especially I don't like not being in control of my body which kind of goes back to why I don't like alcohol not the feeling of being drunk to me is feeling out of control of my body and that is a big like anxiety trigger like I need to feel like I can be in control of my body at all times and so anything that affects that um is a big nah for me Um, I guess before I get to the, like, conclusion, I did want to touch on this, um, some side effects of having anxiety. So, I talked about how I was diagnosed with anxiety, but I was also diagnosed with depression. Um, because a lot of times anxiety, anxiety has a lot of friends. And she likes to invite people to the party who weren't necessarily invited. And you kind of just have to suck it up and deal with the people that she brings along. For me, she personally brought along two friends. Um, Their names are Irritable Bowel Syndrome and Depression. So, um, yeah, I said that I was diagnosed with depression along with anxiety. For me, the depression came, I like to think, from the anxiety. Um... And I'm not like currently currently depressed or anything, but it definitely is something that I deal with. I do have very low lows, and especially when I'm really anxious, um, I do get really depressed along with it. If I'm having like really bad anxiety, depression definitely um, comes along with that for me. Um, and something that I have developed, I I'm pretty sure I developed this from my anxiety. I don't really care what a doctor tells me or not. Um, I know that I got IBS from my anxiety or through my anxiety. Um, so I was diagnosed with IBS, and IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. And I know it's a really sexy thing to have and to say that I have. <laughs> um, but basically, like, my stomach is just always unhappy. Um, so there's certain things that I can't eat, or I mean, I can eat, but I just have to be aware that, like, my stomach doesn't like them. And I've learned that, like, things like garlic I cannot eat garlic um especially things that are really garlicky like I literally cannot eat them my stomach cramps I feel horrible um that's just like an example of like a random thing that I can't eat um because of my irritable bowel syndrome um but like I said people with anxiety especially me you have stomach issues because your gut is very connected to like your head and so over the years my stomach has just been like so thrashed (laughs) by all the anxiety like I really just don't think it knows how to be normal anymore and it doesn't know how to calm down so yeah I've also been diagnosed with IBS from my anxiety um so a lot of times like I said anxiety can bring on other things 
those two are just things that I've experienced through my anxiety journey, but a lot of people can get even really like random things. Like I was watching a um, documentary about um, some kids at like a high school, like it's like a last chance high. Um, It's on YouTube. If you watch Vice, I watch a lot of Vice documentaries. It's called like last chance high. And this one kid who has like a really bad home life um, and he's stressed out all the time and he misbehaves um, but he has he's had like a lot of trauma in his life and he his anxiety caused his like esophagus to like kind of close and be really tight and he cannot speak well like he can't speak like above like this kind of talking and he's fully capable of speaking normally he's healthy but his anxiety has like manifested itself like in his throat and he feels like he cannot speak normally and so that thing had like a whole name I forgot what it is but like people with anxiety can develop weird things like that where like your throat is really tight and things like that for me my stomach is always upset um so that's just something to be aware of if you have anxiety and you're having a bunch of other symptoms um it's probably related to your anxiety and once you get the like nucleus in order which is your anxiety a lot of those other things will kind of dissipate when I am happy and healthy mentally my IBS is so much better and when I'm happy and healthy obviously my depression is so much better um so yeah just be aware uh, that there might be other things going on that are in conjunction with your anxiety and your anxiety can bring a lot of other things to the table that you might not be aware of so I hope this was helpful I'm sorry if I wasn't like um super peppy or like maybe as like witty or funny or whatever as I have been in past episodes but this is kind of more of like a raw real thing for me and so I'm definitely okay with joking about my anxiety and depression I do all the time it's like the biggest way I cope (laughs) but um I just wanted to be real with you and give you actual like advice and my own personal story um so if you get anything from this I guess just be aware that anxiety is totally normal and if you have everyday anxiety that's absolutely normal and you should and if you have a full-blown panic disorder you're totally normal um a way that you can tell if you have just normal regular anxiety or panic disorder is like I said if it starts to affect your everyday life consistent consistently I would go to a doctor just get checked out they know better than anyone um but yeah definitely be aware that there is a line between how much anxiety should affect your life and how much it shouldn't um and if you do have a panic disorder like I do accept it and manage it um I know that that's really easy to say but accepting can be really hard and then managing it can also be really hard so I hope that this gave someone out there solace in their journey with anxiety um I hope that maybe you got tips or just a different perspective on what it's like to have anxiety and definitely if you have questions about anxiety or depersonalization disorder let me know you can message me on instagram or if you have my number text me um i would love to talk to you about it and uh yeah just thank you so much for listening to me rant about this and 
being an open ear to all the like nasty tidbits about my anxiety and how like I have diarrhea all the time (laughs) um yeah definitely let me know what you guys want to hear next and yeah thank you so much bye guys